like a low brand version of Craig. It's very, very annoying. Yeah. Anyway, hello, welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy. I am Corwin Heller. And uh, welcome to the Thursday episode of the podcast. It is um, June 2nd as we're recording this. Lou Gehrig Day. Um, happy birthday, dropping June 30th. June 3rd. Jesus, sorry. Uh, happy birthday, Jonathan Heller. You large man, you. Yes, he is. Um, actually, speaking of which, I kind of forgot that it was Lou Gehrig Day until I said it. Um, because we didn't mention it in our pre-show meeting discussion yeah yeah um but yeah today is a uh, lou gehrig day it's, it's the first it's the first lou gehrig day um for mlb as they do a one-two punch of um spending a little bit more time and effort recognizing one of the game's past heroes lou gehrig um and using it as a vehicle to do more um raise more awareness and money for uh als since it is a very um difficult disease to deal with and can be very expensive it requires a lot of um doctor's appointments and and in this country that's just a nightmare um so yes. more awareness and money going the towards largest it. the largest detriment to als the doctor's visits oh god yeah don't you love how every disease basically affects your entire family um but yeah yeah, yeah. Ugh, gotta love america so uh they're they're doing one of the things that i think it will never be a bad thing, and that is combining two causes, having a special day, and putting some people who deserve it on a pedestal, um, raising some awareness. Corin, yeah. what do you think about uh, what do you think about Lou Gehrig Day? I'm a huge fan. I mean, it's it's one of those diseases that is well known because of Lou Gehrig's name attached to it, but I feel like most people don't actually know what it is. I mean, it's a muscular disorder. Um, I had a, a friend growing up, good friend growing up, whose uh, father actually passed away because of Lou Gehrig's disease. And it was, I mean, I mean, there's no way to sugarcoat it. There's no way to say it other than it was fucking horrible, both for, you know, him to go through it with his family and, and for them, you know, since it's, it's not an easy disease to cope with uh, yourself or as a family. And the fact that MLB is taking something as, famous or as I guess connected to baseball because of Lou Gehrig as ALS uh, and doing something to raise awareness and, and hopefully, you know, help research themselves and, and really make a, a strong investment uh, towards it is phenomenal. Uh, I'm glad they're doing something that we can be proud of. Uh, here are the ways that MLB will be um, honoring Lou Gehrig and Lou Gehrig day. Every team that has a home game, uh, today um, will have a, a four ALS logo in their ballpark. There, there we go. Um, commemorating um, Lou Gehrig's jersey number, jersey number four. And then all players, managers, and coaches will wear a special Lou Gehrig Day patch on the uniform and another uh, a red four ALS wristband. Um, Steve Gleason, the former New Orleans safety uh, who was diagnosed with ALS and has a documentary about his life, will synthetically recite a portion of Lou Gehrig's um, Luckiest Man speech in a video that will be narrated by Cal Ripken Jr., um, which is a very powerful speech that Lou Gehrig gave, um, I think on 4th of July. Actually, no, I don't want to say the date because I'm going to get it wrong. I always get it wrong. Um, there, be, uh, there have been ceremonial first pitches uh, and national anthems and all types of recognition across um, MLB today. There is going to be a special charitable auction uh, to benefit the Sean M. Healy and AMG Center for ALS at Massachusetts General Hospital, which was selected by MLB and the Lou Gehrig Day Committee uh, to be the beneficiary of all charitable fundraisers. Um, Lou Gehrig Day t-shirts will be available for purchase, which will, um, uh, will help fund uh, the expanded access protocol program at the Healy Center for ALS. And then on July 4th weekend, oh, actually, this is a bit of controversy, I should mention. On July 4th weekend, Candy Digital and MLB will release their first NFT, non-fungible token, uh, a one-of-one of Lou Gehrig's luckiest man speech from, it was the 4th of July, um, 
and then the proceeds from that sale will go towards ALS challenge um, or ALS uh, charities. Um, uh, that's about it. That last part, though, I do think I have conflicting feelings about. Uh, to what extent? It it feels I think items being auctioned off is different than moments being auctioned off. That's what feels wrong about it. There's nothing wrong with auctioning off game worn cleats or um, a game used bat or fucking uh, Ricky Henderson's last stolen base or fucking like whatever, you know, it's stuff. At the end of the day, it has, it has meaning and intrinsic value, but it's stuff. Um, Moments though, auctioning off a speech that is meant for everyone. It, it, I, I don't like the money's going towards a good cause. So I, I, I don't want to like shit on it too hard, I guess. But at the same time, what, when does it end? The constant monetization of everything. Yeah. It's one of those things where I'm, I'm not really all on board with the whole NFT train. Um, I'm not on board. The NFT train is the correct way to word that sentence. Um, and it, yeah, I'm with you. Like there's, I know it's not anything like legally binding where it's like, you're still going to be able to go on YouTube and watch him give that speech or listen to the speech. It's just the idea of, turning that into something purely for commercial sale that just inherently it's fine. Like it's whatever, like it's, it's something purely for raising money for charity, but it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth because of it. Right. eh, Like, I don't want to stand up against it because it, at the end of the day, I don't think it really affects anything too much. It's just, okay. I've seen this happen too many times to know that I'm, this is going to be a slippery slope and I don't want to know where this, where this ends, you know? Yeah. I, I very much like, this isn't going to be a hill I die on, but I'm, I'm not going to like it. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Well, I could see both of us getting there, but not it, yet. Yeah. It depends on how much money this makes. Cause if it makes too much money, MLB might be like, Ooh, Oh, this is an interesting enterprise. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, that but. so much. Anyway, just a review of Lou Gehrig, the ball player, real quick. One hundred fourteen point one career WAR, the inner circle of Hall of Famers. Seventeen seasons played uh, from nineteen twenty three to nineteen thirty nine. He won two, count them, two MVP awards. He finished top five. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years in a row. Uh, including one other season, so eight years altogether. Um, his lifetime slash line was 340, 447, 632. That is a 1080 OPS and a 179 OPS plus. Uh, he has, was a triple crown winner, seven-time All-Star, six-time World Series champ, a batting title to boot. Um, he led baseball in uh, runs scored Four times, hits once, doubles twice, triples, I was almost at thirds, triples once, uh, home runs three times, RBIs five times, walks three times, batting average once, on base percent five times, slugging percent twice, OPS three times. He was very, very fucking good. Um, Better than Wally Pip. Really? Huh? Better than Wally Pip. That's true. And it really begs the question of granted it's war. So it only matters however much it matters, but it, it makes you wonder how much his war would have been if he played a more premium position than first base, because uh, damn, I mean, 114 war, just straight fucking offense, man. Uh, that is, that is wild, but yeah. Uh, the iron horse 
So I'm glad that we're getting a little bit of uh, opportunity to commemorate the guy. He was one of the the great ball players. He often gets overshadowed in his era because of Babe Ruth, which makes sense um, to a certain extent. Babe Ruth is one of the legends of not just baseball, not just sports, American history, really, when second, it comes to pop culture figures. Second best baseball player of all time. Behind Mike Trout. Can just go fuck yourself. <laughs> nope, I will not. Um, but um, oh, anyway, so I'm I'm glad, glad that, that that comment completely ruined your train of thought. Totally, totally derailed. <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it. <laughs> totally derailed. That's okay. Uh, anyway, so moving it right along, I have to like remember to lower my shoulders. I'm going to put them in my ear at every chance I get. Ooh, oh, ow. that actually fucking hurts my back doing that. <laughs> ow, ow. It's all I know how to do. It's it's how yeah. I exist. I'm right um, there with you. It is Pride Month um, in America, in the world, I guess, um, which means that MLB is uh, doing some Pride Month shit. It's the kind of the shit that they all usually do. It's very much so led up to the teams themselves to do whatever it is they're going to do, whereas MLB will just sell the merch and make the money. Um one new thing, though, is that the San Francisco Giants will be putting um, the pride flag colors on their game in-game hats uh, for the first time uh, MLB team will have an on-field display of pride gear, um, which is great. I honestly can't believe I didn't realize that wasn't already a thing. Um, yeah, and then. Honestly, you know, it's, as much as it's a cliche and a low-hanging fruit as far as jokes go, I mean, the fact that it's San Francisco doing it makes a whole lot of sense. Um, I actually learned something recently that kind of blew my mind. Uh, I'm, there's only one team in MLB that has never hosted a Pride Day. St. Louis Cardinals. Incorrect. The Texas Rangers. Really? Because there was yeah. a whole thing two years ago where the Cardinals and the Yankees were the only teams not to have it. And then the Yankees had one. Uh, I saw something on Reddit this week about the Rangers not ever having one. Hmm. Maybe there's two teams then. Hmm. MLB teams without championship, without a world series, without a pride day. Oh, nope. Never mind. Cardinals fourth annual pride night. So they've been doing it. I was wrong. Uh, Total Pro Sports, uh, first link on Google. Uh, Social media destroys the Texas Rangers for being the only team not celebrating Pride Day. Yeah, well, uh, sorry, good Texans. Y'all are constantly in a state of being associated with the other Texans. What an oxymoron. (laughs) Good Texans. (laughs) I know. Uh, That's a piss poor joke. But uh, you know, fuck, fuck the Rangers, uh, fuck the Astros. We're talking about Texas. Fuck them. Um, I don't really have any reason for it, but why not? Um, yeah, it it would be nice if MLB did more of a thing as a as a as a body instead of just leaving it so up to teams. Um, it feels like a weird stance to take where they're not going to get involved at a high level outside of again selling the merch um it would be nice to see mlb do something larger i think it would it should probably be required that they do something more but whatever the last time anyone from the team public publicly addressed a possible rangers pride game was in august 2020 when rangers coo neil liebman indicated uh it was not in the rangers plans moving forward well, Texas Ranger fans who are also part of the LGBTQIA plus community, we love you over here, his, even though your team doesn't. His full comment was, with respect to Pride Night, we reached out to the Resource Center and said what, what we can do internally. Uh, this is a quote by uh, Ranger CEO Neil Liebman uh, to the Dallas Morning News. We immediately adopted some changes they suggested to be more inclusive in hiring practices. I think that's more meaningful than just saying, okay, we had a pride night, which to be fair, makes a lot of sense. When you think of how little, when you don't think of, I should say, how little it takes to actually just have a pride night. Mm 
That is it, such a low bar. To <laughs> I I know it, it it's it's ridiculous. Really, what what MLB should do is they should schedule um, all Pride Night, um, the Giants Pride Night. They should give the Giants two Pride Nights and let one of them be while they're playing the Rangers in 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 Dallas. That would be fucking hilarious. I just can't wait for like five to 10 years from now. And that might be an optimistic viewpoint on the progress of society. Um, But five to 10 years from now, when like wearing pride colors on the field, isn't that big of a deal. And we've progressed to where the giants are the first team to like wear kinky shit on the field, like where the giants are wearing like leather daddy uniforms. I want and everyone's just like cool, man. Leather daddy. Everyone's totally cool, you know. Dad likes leather. <laughs> leather daddy. Oh, uh, it'll be a great day. I want the players to like have lead a kink parade to the ballpark, and then let all the fans in, and then they like get changed for the game. Are you kink shaming me? Kink shaming is my kink. One of my favorite finds. I fucking love that. But no, that's a genuinely great idea. And I think we should call up MLB. I, I know we've had a lot of ideas we want to bring to MLB. I think that's that's what we lead with. Yeah, and I'm I I I hope if, if there's any members of the LGBTQIA plus community uh, listening that they uh, I am being lighthearted but not insincere because that would be a ton of fun. Like completely serious that would be a ton of fun um but anyway so we've gotten some of the good stuff out of the way uh in in a manner of speaking shall we talk about some of the less uh fun things happening in the world of supports do we before we go to full sad do we want to bookend with something positive at the end or do we want to just put all the positive now and then go to all the negative no let's lighten up at the end (laughs) yeah yeah uh, so let's start with um, let's start with Marcus Stroman because it's the less severe of the two things we have to talk about, which is uh, saying something. Um, because Marcus Stroman found uh, himself the victim of uh, being a black man in America, um, which again is a crime, uh, apparently. So the Mets were playing the Arizona Diamondbacks, and Marcus Stroman was pitching. And one of the Diamondbacks commentators, Bob Brenly, uh, made a comment about his about Marcus Stroman's that is um, do rag. Uh, he said, uh, and I quote, "Pretty sure that's the same do rag the great Tom Seaver used to wear when he pitched for the Mets." Which I listen. You can listen to the video. John Boy posted uh, a, the short clip of it. Other places have posted the clips of the video. It comes out of absolutely nowhere. And I don't know who Bob Renly's like partner in the booth is because I didn't know who Bob Renly was before today, yesterday. Um, but he just fucking ignored that shit and just kept moving. Um, which you should. Ab- which is exactly well, what he should have done. No, you should call him out and say, no, that's fucking racist. Be better. But I can understand why, if you value your job, especially doing something as amazing as commentating baseball, the next best thing is just ignoring it and giving it zero agency. I, I can see ignoring it in the immediate. And then like when you hit a commercial break, being going like, Bob, what the fuck? You um, know what? As much as I want to say, I would like say something. I, if you just hear that out of nowhere, I am just so shocked. Like there's no way I get anything out. Hence the, the, the meme with Tom Brennan from a couple years ago with the, deep drive to right like there's so much happening in baseball you kind of like might keep going but i also know who i am as a person and i would make a terrible commentator because i would start yelling (laughs) (laughs) but like i would start also start yelling about almost anything happening in a baseball game that i didn't like so um yeah if you were if i was in the booth and you were listening um you wouldn't hear baseball for a while (laughs) but that's also why i'm not a professional commentator i mean one of one of my favorite all-time commentator like videos highlights is when i forget even who it was but they just bring up like hey what's going on with britney she okay like when britney shaved her head yeah britney spears 
I feel like knowing me, I would just make a reference to that and just like verbatim repeat that just into the mic and just change the subject, make it weird, and nobody would get it and it would be even worse. But God, yeah, let's dig into this. So it's it's tough. It's like where do you even start? So the first of all, first of all, go ahead. I, 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 first of all, before you say your first of all, I don't even get it. Tom, why would Tom Seaver be wearing a do rag? So, so, and this, this is the thing. This is an older white man trying to be playful, is what I'm imagining this in his mind is. He is not aware that he's racist. It's not the whole like, uh, he, I don't, I'm not racist. He's not aware that he is racist. He thought he was being playful is how I'm taking. And if you listen to it, he's clearly being lighthearted. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he consciously or subconsciously or whatever understands that like, what the fuck? Like, cause like you said, where's the punchline in that? Mm-hmm. And that, that's the thing that I think if someone sat down with Bob Brenly and was like, first off, you're fired. <laughs> Second of all, let's let's like walk through. Yeah, yeah. Starting here, like you're fired. Um, Deservedly, no questions. Um, Like, let's work through it. Like, what is the punchline of that joke? That Tom Seaver wasn't black? That Marcus Stroman is doing, is wearing a piece of clothing that is, quote unquote, not normal in the game? Like, what's the punchline? And because I think in day-to-day life, you, or at least uh, like the royal you, or at least I hear a lot of these, like, I'm trying to be playful about something that involves race, but I don't understand that I have born in me or, or l- learned racist predispositions that make my jokes very, very offensive. And I think that's where a lot of people get the whole, it doesn't have a racist bone in his body type of thing. Uh, because first off, bones sure seem like they could be racist, and I think that guy's is. Um, and also, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, it, it doesn't matter if he thinks he's racist or not. Like, making comments about either someone's actual race or things that are closely tied to and associated with someone's racial identity are going to be taken a certain way, especially when they seemingly are the basis for this joke. Like, I. Like Stop it, calling it a joke. It's not a joke. It, yeah, it's not because you know because there's there's a right way to address the do rag too. If uh, Bob Brenly went up there and was like uh, Marcus Stroman, uh, one of the few baseball players today who wears uh, his do rag while he plays, it's a good sign of representation. It's a common piece of clothing that we see a lot of uh, people of color, black people, wear around in society, and it's good to see a piece of representation in that manner on an MLB field makes it feel more like it's part of American society. It's something that you'll see every day and it's good that you see it on the field. That's the type of representation we look for in small doses and in small places, like something, something like that, where you make it a positive and point it out in like a light where it's like, look, like here's a thing. Here's a very normal thing that you don't often get to see. And it's cool to get to see it. That's all well and good. Why, why are you trying to make it like, (sighs) do you have, any confidence whatsoever that he even knows what a do-rag is? Absolutely not. No. I didn't know until I was like 22. I knew it was a a piece of headwear that was only really worn by blacks. And I had no idea what the purpose even was until I was like 22 and somebody explained it to me. I had no idea because look at my hair. I, I Nobody wants fuzzy one. braids. Yeah. I have very straight hair. I would never need to wear one. Guess what? I grew up in a very white neighborhood. That shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. I'm very white. <laughs> Hear how I speak. Yeah. <laughs> I play golf every weekend. Like, Could you not I'm tell white. by the everything about me? Yeah, yeah exactly. Online from something. I forget what it is. But at the end of the day, it's like, because you don't know what something is that doesn't make it okay for you to make that kind of comment and i don't want to call it a joke even though he was intending for it to be if you truly don't know what something is 
you can't make that assumption and try and make a joke about it that you have no place to do so. And, and you know, I think we're used to seeing this a lot more with players wearing chains. Uh, and usually it, it, it's black and Latino players who, who wear, you know, heavier chains during games. And you get a lot of that, like they should be wearing that shit. You know, it's uh, they're like showboating. It's got like, you know, racially charged stuff, but hiding behind fashion. Um, do rags can absolutely be a part of fashion, but they serve a functional purpose and they have a, right. a stronger sense of cultural identity or at least a more obvious sense of cultural identity that you really can't parse away with the, under the guise of, of, you know, just jewelry or whatever you want to call those other types of racially charged comments. And to, to again, man, like there's just no fucking point in doing it. I, ugh. It kills me inside. It does. And I just feel so bad for Stroke because it's another one of those things where it's like the man's just fucking pitching. He's going to have to, he's going to go back to the, the clubhouse after the game. After, and I don't know what his pitching line is. Let's assume it was good. I didn't watch the game. And he's the first question he's probably going to be asked is about this shit. I mean, who's just standing around doing his job? First thing he's probably going to be asked about is this shit. For no reason. And it's one thing if some guy is getting berated by questions over, you know, essentially nothing. If it at the end of the day was something that he caused or, or had something he physically did that would have, you know, instigated or drawn out some kind of reaction. Dude literally just showed up wearing the clothing he wears every day he did not have a great outing but it wasn't a terrible one uh six inning pitch seven hits three earned runs uh six strikeouts that's a quality start quality start um but it's it sucks that no one no white player has to go through that no it's like for you all know. the comments you hear about chains, like Luke Voigt wears like three cross necklaces when he when he plays, which is just too many cross necklaces. Like find mm-hmm. some other symbols. Um, <laughs> Spread out but, those religious beliefs. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Let's see like a little Buddha statue. Um, but <laughs> but Ross, like no one. I never hear anything about Luke Voigt's chains. You know, it always happens to be a player of a certain tone. Um, and mm-hmm. and again, man, it, it's. Shut the fuck up. Like, just shut the fuck up. Just shut shut the fuck up. If you're going to, if you are paid to be a baseball commentator, don't say anything that's, that's not baseball. You're just going to dig yourself into a hole. It's not good. Yep. Nine, nine times out of 10, anytime they try to make a joke, it is so bad. Anytime they try to be lighthearted, it doesn't go well. Stop, 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 stop. And, um, you gotta, you gotta hope he gets fired. Did he? I actually didn't even look. Don't know. Um, but you gotta hope he does because it's like uh, that can't just exist in society. We shouldn't let it, and the Diamondbacks shouldn't let it. And I know that they're, you know, the Arizona Diamondbacks, but uh, I don't. I, I just still can't get past. What do you expect the repercussions of your words to be? Like was your was your partner in the booth supposed to go like yeah Tom Seaver a white guy in a do rag how ridiculous like what what's the follow up to that and at the end of the day the answer is there is no follow up because he he didn't think it through there's no, no just a little sprinkling of racism in there and it's because why would he ever expect there to be consequence from him making a joke hey I'm not racist I was just making a funny joke it was funny. People laughed. I laughed. I can't talk about Why, players' uh, clothes yeah. anymore. You're going to cancel me? We're talking about clothes. Oh, you're trying to cancel me because I talked about what a pitcher was wearing in the game. I'm a baseball commentator. It's a fair game. Hey, Josh. Josh is giving a big old jerk off uh, uh, hand hand signal. Hand yeah, gesture. Way, way too large of a movement. Real tiny. Little dick energy. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Um, I'm so sorry. And it always happens to be Strom who finds himself in, in these things. It doesn't it shouldn't say happen to he, he has a big personality, which is part of what makes Marcus Stroman such a fun baseball player. Um, and it's he ridiculous. Learn his place and shut his mouth. Shut, yeah, the shut up and pitch, whatever. It's ridiculous. I, it's. Uh, I I really hope the 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 all all the Mets start wearing do rags in solidarity. Amen. That would actually be fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and then they should shave Alex Bregman's straight <laughs> backs because I. Those, that was disgusting. I I did see that Marcus Stroman. I just saw his tweet uh, saying that he's now going to release uh, his own line of durags. Good, fucking good, man. Dick, fuck Bob Brenly and your stupid ass name. Exactly. God, I fuck get whiter every time I hear the name Bob Brenly or say it. Ugh. Um, shall we? Uh, shall we talk about the NFLs? Uh, the most recent race-related issue that came out today. Yeah. And boy, howdy, is is this one a doozy? So it, this just came out today, uh, or June 2nd, you listen to this on the 3rd. Um, a story broke from, I guess, a few places I had the Associated Press article up in front of me, that the NFL is pledging to halt race norming uh, in regards to their um, CTE uh, studying, I guess that's the best way to put it. And basically what that is, is in, in order, and this is all with huge air quotes, and I'm, please don't make it sound like I'm trying to rationalize. I'm just trying to explain what the concept is. Um, the idea is that there is a baseline of cognitive ability and there is there was a study done in 1990 and again huge question or quote or uh, 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 whatever these are called um air quotes around study that suggested that black people have a lower cognitive function than white people so in order to regulate that to an even baseline a lot of black players got denied um, settlement money from the NFL because there wasn't a significant decline in their cognitive ability from their baseline because it was dubbed to be lower than white people's, which is in fucking sane. I mean, uh, it's, breathtaking it's something that is truly inexcusable like there's certain things that are what we call inexcusable that to some extent in some semblance of reason and understanding you can you can picture where they were coming from you can't agree with it you can't support it you can't understand it in your own right but you can see what they were thinking when they created it and this is truly one of those times where there is absolutely zero defending this it is just pure innate just actively chosen racism Mm -hmm. at the core with the only intention of withholding monetary reparations from blacks it's the ultimate cross-section between racism and capitalism you know because not only does the nfl get to be racist which again looking at this we're just at a conscious choice here um and saving money by not paying out dollars to people who deserved it i I mean because like this if anyone's ever seen the movie django unchained Leonardo DiCaprio plays the bad guy in that movie, and he is a a, a racist plantation owner who was a fan of the uh, ideology of phrenology and the idea, which was a real thing back in back in the 1800s. 
And the idea behind phrenology was that black people's skull was like brain and skull makeup was different, which, which a lot of them, a lower cognitive function than white people. It was basically a, a quote unquote scientific way to justify why slavery got to be a thing, why black, white people got to treat black people worse and justify Jim Crow shit. It, it was, it was, it was a scientific way of proving that whites were better than blacks. Right, right. It was like it was it was a justification, a means to an end and trying to label it a science. And part of the reason it was used in the movie is that one, it was a real thing um, that I, I think most people probably weren't aware of at the time of watching. It. I didn't know what it was when they, when I saw it. I assumed it was a cartoonish reason to kind of paint him as a bad guy, which was the second reason that it got used. It's a very, very obviously racist thing to be doing. Um, but it was there to showcase that it was real as well. This just feels like that. And, and not just, this basically is just that. 130 to 50 years after that movie was set to take place, after the idea of phrenology was relatively commonplace amongst a certain class of people and a certain race of people. Um, this, it's, this, it's the same thing. It's the same. There's no, absolutely not. There, it, this is just institutional in the medical field, institutional racism and the NFL saving money as a result of it by willingly employing it. I can't even consider this institutional racism because it's not something built into the structures of the NFL. It's something actively chosen. I think it's a little bit of both. You know what I mean? Like I, that's how big, because usually I think it's, you know, you'll 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 see little choices made to participate, but this feels like so much of both, you know. It's like here's a study that I guess hasn't been removed, like you know, disputed to the point of non-existence, that is allowed to I guess still be used in certain settings until now. This got thrown out of court, um, and then here's the NFL being like, yeah. We're right there with it. We 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 are assigning ourselves to that thing. We want to be a part of that. Let's associate with that. Like if you, but it feels very connected in a way that I'm willing to assign extra blame. I really, really need this to blow up, and I really need the NFL to take. I don't want them to take heat and for them to apologize and for them to institute some objective or institute some some project to increase awareness and, and inclus- inclusivity, inclusiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need them to truly make some serious fundamental changes in just the structure of the NFL and their transparency because there is absolutely no way you can defend this uh it's this is something i didn't even know about until josh and i you know logged on to start recording and he brought it up as something to talk about i had no idea and the fact that you know i've been sitting on twitter i've been on reddit you know i sat at dinner with my dad and had a sports center and espn up in front of me for two hours and at no point did I ever see any of this even broached. It's like, the this N- should... it's it's the NFL putting into print that they think blacks are just innately, naturally, just from the pure day of birth from the womb, they are dumber than whites. I just, I cannot imagine how they can sweep this under the rug. This, this should be the biggest story in all sports. Of Genuinely year, should is, be. This is the story of the year. And, you know, the NFL has found themselves time and time again on the wrong side of the, of the stories about race within sports. Um, obviously starting in, 2017 2016 forget the year with Colin Kaepernick and how that 
how his uh, protests were handled up all the way up until yesterday before the story broke um, with them, you know, allowing Tim Tebow back in the NFL or teams taking chances. You know, we had a conversation about it. Um, they've never gotten it right. And part of that is because as we've talked about, Corey and I've talked about with MLB and with the NFL, ownership dictates the direction of all leagues and ownership in both leagues is most typically based on demographics, horribly racist. Still, I don't know what you do about this. Rob, Rob Manfred, Roger Goodell should be fired because there's no way, there's no way this happens without his sign off. There's no way that the legal team at the NFL doesn't go to Roger Goodell and say, this is our strategy in court. And he goes, yes, it is. Very good. Let's do it. I, re- I will refuse to believe that. It doesn't make any sense. So he's got to go. And then, seemingly, everyone who ever looked at this has to go. Down to the lowest level lawyer or legal aide at the NFL. All of them have to go. This is such a big issue because of what it represents on a league basis and how many people had to look at like Bob Brenly's thing is Bob Brenly. Obviously this, I'm sure he's made comments to people he's worked with in his past that have been untoward towards black people and minorities in the country. And someone could have said something at some previous point. I understand all that. This is a network of people who work on this. This is a multi-billion dollar industry that has a huge framework of people who must look at and approve things. And they all signed on to this. It's so big. It's so systemic. It's so incredibly fucked up. And again, I don't know what you do about it because unless the ownership groups that, you know, that exist decide to go, yeah, we're about big change, which when has that ever happened? What do you actually fucking do? I, while you were going through that, I went to the athletic, which is kind of what I would consider the leading publication for actual, you know, full-fledged athletic journalism, sports journalism. And there is not a single article anywhere just discussing this. I went to the NFL or ESPN, I should say, website and nothing on the front page. Went to the NFL homepage. The only mention of the singular article is on a sidebar with a single you know, NFL to halt race norming, review black claims, no thumbnail, no images. It is just on a sidebar little box with other headlines, just absolutely getting hit in without any real focus or concern. I, just, I don't know. I just don't know. It, I mean, it's, it's just a heartbreaking Heartbreaking story. Um, just to read a little bit from the AP's piece on it. Um, it talks about how the the practice of race norming made it harder for black retirees to show a deficit um, and qualify for an award. Again, if you have, and I don't know what the metrics they use to determine cognitive ability, but if, if you know, you have to show some percentage of decline off of raw numbers of cognitive ability. And let's say the, black players cognitive ability starts for the NFL and their race norming scenario starts at like 75 versus a white player starting at a hundred, which would again, would come out of theoretically fucking nowhere, right? That would theoretically come out of absolutely fucking nowhere. Um, and then their cognitive abilities dropped both to 50 in a world where they actually get studied after their career to look for CTE. Well, that's only, that's only a 33% drop for the for the black player. It's a 50% drop for the white player. So if you have a percentage cutoff there, 
that you need to be, uh, lose 50% of your cognitive ability in your post-career life, the black player ain't getting it. Because that, again, fucking arbitrary line isn't going to, is, is going to keep you from reaching a certain percentage depreciation to actually qualify for the benefits of um, previous NFL decisions around what to do about players with CTE post uh, post career. So that um, Wednesday's that Wednesday just today, Wednesday's announcement comes after a pair of uh, black players filed a civil rights lawsuit over the practice. Um, medical experts raised concern and a group of NFL families last month dropped 50,000 petitions at a federal courthouse in Philadelphia where the lawsuit had been thrown out by the judge overseeing the settlement. Um, so there's a, uh, this the article goes on to mention um, Ken Jenkins, uh, who was a former Washington running back. Um, he uh, has been advocating for this. He wants to see what they do with it. Um, the NFL, according to the NFL, a panel of neuropsychologists formed recently to propose a new testing regimen to the court that includes two female and three black doctors, uh, which if they say, oh, our bad, like we'll fix it going forward. It's not fucking good enough. It's, oh, God. It's, I it's, really, I really hate that they're even using that as kind of like a, an excuse, like, oh, it's okay, there's they're going with tokenism. People there. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah, we can't and, be racist anymore. Look, God, look, look, look at the black guy over there. Look I at that fucking, one. I hate that it has to be something that's brought up and it's otherwise unexpected. And obviously having a diverse group of doctors on this panel is fantastic. Should it, already it, be the case. It shouldn't be the headline. It shouldn't be the focal point of that paragraph of that statement. <laughs> Mm, it's just fucking infuriating. It is. It is. Um, and again, it, it's tough because unless you're willing to blow the whole thing up, which I'm willing to have the whole thing blown up. Yeah. Ab- absolutely willing to have the whole thing blow, blown up. Every, yeah. I think most sports fans, for a variety of reasons, would agree that the worst part about their favorite sport is the league and whatever sport that is. I think. Again, for whatever reason, whether it's you don't like the way MLB handles the baseballs or the way um, the Premier League handles whatever the Premier League has to handle um, or the way the NHL handles player safety, like everyone will have a reason to be like, oh, the worst part of hockey is the NHL. The worst part of soccer is the is the Premier League. The worst part of uh, baseball is MLB. Like. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm perfectly willing to have it blown up. The question is, will the people with the power be willing to blow it up themselves? And the answer to that question is almost always no. Uh, Bob Brunley getting fired? It could happen. Who gives a yeah. shit? Fuck Bob Brunley. No one gives a shit about Bob Brunley. Firing Roger Goodell? That's a huge step. Uh, blowing up the entire system and, and, and starting from scratch? Fucking no. No. <laughs> they don't care. No, they don't. Uh, do we do we have do you have anything else on this before we move on to some something a little bit lighter to close out on? Because uh, we we can't end on such a downer. No, and um, I know it's not going to be the only time we talk about this, so I'm fine. Uh, I'm fine with leaving this here for now. Good. All right, so shall we talk about the uh, Buffalo Sabers? Yeah, I know we said it wasn't going to be on a sad note, but sorry, guys. So, sorry to surprise you, but it is still the Buffalo Sabres. Womp womp. Womp womp womp. All right, tell me about what's going on with them. Uh, they won the NF- NFL. They won the NFL draft lottery. <laughs> Way to go, Buffalo Sabres. Um, and I hate that my first reaction was, ah, this doesn't change anything. Do you disagree? Oh, absolutely not. I just, I, <laughs> I just don't think it changes them whatsoever. I mean, yes, Owen Power is going to be a great defenseman for them. Great pairing for Ross Mustalin. They're going to have a hell of a one-two punch, you know, on that blue line. But oh my God, I just, I just don't 
see how this team can overcome just the hole they've done they've dug themselves i mean their team was so historically bad this year it was truly one of the single worst teams in the history of nhl hockey yeah and i mean look owen power is a great prospect but he's not you know a connor mcdavid prospect he's not a jack um not eichel, not jack eichel um no. austin matthews i should say no. like that level of number one overall pick, you know, he's not even a, an Alex Lafreniere. Maybe. Well, I mean, even then, like, look, look at Connor McDavid on, and the Oilers. Yep. Oilers have never put it together. Right. They have never, never put it together. And, and the Sabres, when they had Jack Eichel, never, as, as much as the Oilers put it together, the Sabres didn't do a quarter of that. Like the Seattle Kraken, who are going to be an expansion team and, and are picking second in the in the draft this season, um, with where they place in the lottery draft. Whoever they take second will be a higher productive, higher production player than whoever the Sabres take first, because and this is this is this is strictly my belief, the Kraken will be able to put together um a better focused team than the Sabres ever will within Um, the next four seasons and whatever player the Kraken takes second is going to be on a team that actually has a sense of culture, um, a sense of direction, a strategy, um, a a joint mission that the Sabres have never had. And that's going to lead to whoever the Kraken takes second, actually being able to be a contributing member of that organization way sooner than whoever the fuck the Sabres take first. And yes, I can completely understand that the Seattle Kraken are being put in a position to truly be in a, you know, a position to succeed early on in their, you know, lifespan. That's what they did with Vegas and it worked so successfully. They're only going to, you know, expand upon that to, you know, include them in the league and not have them be a truly dog shit team like the Sabres. It's just the fact that the Seattle Kraken are starting from nothing and the Buffalo Sabres are starting from essentially six feet under and trying to claw themselves to the same point. It's just, I don't want them to be bad. I haven't, like, they're in the Metro or their jerseys are too cool to be bad. I don't like. Okay, fair point. But at the same time, it's I don't. I mean, want they deserve to be good to because be their jerseys are too cool. Sure, yeah. like why not? I want the Flyers to be bad. Oh yeah, that's the only team I want to actively be a bad team. I want the Sabers to be a good team. I want Jack Eichel to find success. He's too talented to just wither away. And I just don't see how that can be in the future right now i really Jack Eichel's biggest moment in his entire career with the buffalo sabers is the slap my pp comment that that that's his big because he's never been in a position to do anything bigger than that i've truly forgotten that he is the one associated with that and i fucking love it yeah, people uh, forget he's such a good uh, people outside the metro might forget he's such a good fucking player because you never see him because his team's fucking bad. Like Con- the thing that keeps Connor McDavid so relevant is no matter how bad the team around him is, he as an individual is so brute force talent wise that he can do it all himself. And Jack Eichel can do most things himself, but every player needs a team. And the thing that's holding Jack Eichel back is the fact that there isn't a mildly competent Buffalo Sabres team around him that he can pick up and advance to the level of halfway decent, let alone a halfway decent team. He could advance to the level of good. So, you know, long story short, trade Jack Eichel to the Rangers. Yeah, for practically nothing, because that's essentially all you're going to get out of him. Oh, God, it's just... You hate to see this shit, and it happens so often. Just guys just spending their entire career on these bad teams, just being the face of a franchise. And these franchises are so poorly run and so poorly managed, and 
it's a vicious cycle because of, you know, essentially never being in a position to build upon success. It's just a negative, uh, negative feedback uh, loop that I just, I, I don't think we're going to see Jack Eichel on the Sabres. And we keep calling out specifically Jack Eichel because by God, he's he the face of that franchise and, and far and away, you know, the best player um, by a country mile. Um, just uh, we're not going to see him find success while he's on that team. What is wild, though, is that if Jack Eichel leaves and goes to a contender, which I imagine if he leaves, he will try to do so because mm-hmm. why suffer more? Um, there is a chance. There's a non-zero chance that after all this, Jack Eichel could win a playoff series before Austin Matthews. That's right. Fuck you, Montreal or uh, Toronto fans. You thought you were safe, not fucking safe. We you know, see you losing Montreal every year. Well. Yeah, fuck, fuck the Canadians. All. Fuck Carey Price. Yeah. Carey Price seems kind of nice, but at the end of the day, man, Toronto. I really want to shit on them, but it's one of those things where it's like you see someone like getting truly beaten to a pulp and it's like man i want to join in that looks like fun but man he's getting worked over pretty good i feel no sympathy yeah fuck him because imagine imagine because if 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 you put jack eichel on the rangers just just because i'm picking i'm picking the rangers i'm a fan and also they're a team that's like halfway there um sure Chances are the Rangers would actually have a decent chance of making the playoffs with a little bit of development and, and the extra piece of Jack fucking Eichel and, you know, uh, some just growth in general. There, if, if the Rangers went to the playoffs and won a series, after how bottom of the barrel Jack Eichel's career has been because of the Sabres, if he won a playoff series before Austin Matthews on what has been some very good Toronto Maple Leafs teams. Ooh, End man. Of the world. Oh man! Wow, you cannot recover from that. Oh man! Imagine Jack Eichel played the Leafs in the first round. Game-winning Ooh. overtime goal. Game seven. E- easy sweep. Ooh. Nah, easy sweep. Touche. God, the Maple Leafs are so bad. You're so good, but you're so bad. The entire Maple Leafs are Peyton Manning. No, because Peyton Manning won two Super Bowls. Uh, that's, uh, no, that's true. And he went to a third. Yeah. Yeah. When was the last time uh, Toronto was in the Stanley Cup? The 60s? 69? Toronto, 67. 67. That's so fucking bad, Let's man. See. Stanley Cups. They won it in 67. Let's see if they... Where can I find conference? What's going Zero on? conference championships. That's insane. Oish. Yeah, that is not good. <laughs> oh, it's really not good. Oh, geez. That's, that's quite bad. Yeah, that's bad. Do you feel bad? No, I love it. I really yeah, I genuinely so. love it. Because because to a lesser extent um, than the Jack Eichel thing, the Rangers chance have a decent chance of winning a playoff series before Toronto does with their with their whole rebuild happening <laughs> in, in the middle there. Oh, God, it is. Uh, One of those going. things where it's like I'm too new to hockey to even like understand and comprehend the full extent of how, how much this team has disappointed throughout our entire lives, our, our entire parents' lives. Yeah. Oh, it's so fucking. Yeah. Could you imagine like 1967 Toronto wins the Stanley cup, the jets win the super bowl. Neither team goes back since. <laughs> you're like i'm looking at the this historic hockey team keeping it going they're going to be good forever there's a brand new team in new york they won the first super bowl in new york city now the team does anything since 
You basically could have just 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 gone to a fucking coma um, for fifty years, and nothing would have nothing. You wouldn't have missed a single fucking thing. Oh god, I love it. Whatever, man. I got into hockey and won back to back Stanley Cups my first two years. I can't really complain. Jeez, I should just put you in the Hall of Fame already. Uh, I actually am on the cup. I'm in the cup. Uh, okay, you win. Yeah, won't even fight it. Um, oh, I had a I had a thing on um odds of uh scoring runs with back to back hits and whatnot. Is it worth just saving? I don't know. We're talking about now. Uh, we've been going for quite a while. If you want to, I'm 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 okay with it, but. It also seems like something we could really do uh, a full or at least a longer segment on. Ah, all right. I'll hang on to it. Oh, it's a teaser then. It's a teaser for uh, Monday's episode. Come on back to find out what shitty math Josh did. Hell um, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, then, all right. Then I guess we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. You got anything else, Corbin, before we do? Uh, off the top of my head, no, but I'm sure there's something I'm forgetting. Same. Well... Anyway, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. If you want to hit us up via email, you can do so at JuicingTheNumbers at gmail.com. If you want to hit up Corwin on Twitter, you can do so at Corwin Heller. If you want to hit up me on Twitter, you can do so at Joshua D. Tracy. And um, if we fucked anything up or hurt anybody's feelings, we are sorry. Let us know. Give us shit. We deserve it. Um, we love it, Daddy. Uh, and uh, <laughs> until Monday. On my father's birthday. Y'all have a good one. Bye.